I swear to God, this would probably never work. Never. Never without problems. <laughs> it's either me trying to figure out the audio, it's me, like today, forgetting my tripod, or I don't know where the fuck it is. I really don't know. I really don't know. Oh well, uh, let's see. It's definitely gonna be like a shaky video because that fucking thing is shaking like crazy. So I'm trying not to mess with the camera as much as I can. Just, just Paul being a problem as usual. Yeah, yeah classic toxic Paul. Toxic Paul. Well, <laughs> we got we got the audio locked down this time. <laughs> yeah, he just forgot your tripod. Yeah. Well. Yeah, I don't. I don't even know. Like it was literally, literally, it was here this morning, literally. But now it's not. So, Bing Bong. Pretty good, pretty nice. Oh, stop hey. it! Let's not stop. <laughs> I don't know yeah. where I saw that at some point, and I didn't. I, it took me a while to catch the reference, and then when you sent the other video, I was like, "Okay, hello, banana. <laughs> <laughs> hello, chicken nugget." Oh jeez. Okay. Oh well. Oh well. Here we are well, for the week. Yeah. Um, what a week it's been. Fucking hell. It's it's fucking insane. Half of the shit that I want to talk about, I practically forgot. Oh. So well, uh, in the stress of trying to find your tripod that was there, that no longer. Yes. Yes. On top of that stress of me trying to find my tripod, I almost shut my pants because I got I got stressed and I got anxious. So I had to go to the to the I had to go to the bar. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, oh my god! Do you uh, not plan for stuff? Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, do of you course just, I do. This is like I, the first week. I plan. I plan to stay alive. That's what I plan. And oh, there we go. We have our guest on the line as well. Oh hell yeah! Join yeah. I just I just saw his uh, request to join and I accepted it. But let's see. There oh, we wow, go. That, that puts me in a tiny. <laughs> <bed. laughs> Yo, what's up, <laughs> up Yuri? Um, what's up? Uh, I hope you are as as happy as we are that we're gonna that we decided to waste your time and you agree to it as well. Yeah. So. Sure, uh, why not? Great, great. That's, it's the we're best off, kind of mess. We're off to a good start. We're off to a good start. I guess the best start is like, has Paul even filled you in like what the plan is today? Like, what do, what are we talking about? Or are you just coming in as blind as fuck? Yeah, I'm just coming in blind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I apologize in advance for that. No, no. I wouldn't want to, wouldn't want to, you know, ruin the ruin his reaction basically and stuff i mean of course yeah i didn't give him like a very basic uh, outline of what's happening like I, I definitely told him that uh you know basically to inform that everybody else was in the live uh and anybody else was listening to that on spotify and apple music that um we're not planning to do one of these classic cheeky interviews like hey yuri tell us how long have you been making music what's your favorite artist what inspires you? You know, <laughs> shit like that. We're not going to do that stuff. Um, we basically have an agenda, which is more or less discussing about some um, things that's been happening the past yeah, week. Yeah, just our usual uh, yeah. mess around. And, and I'm going to keep funny about this. We decided to basically, you know, change up the format a little bit, include um, 
one of the producers that we fuck with basically and get their points of view on on stuff instead of just going through the basic like uh yeah like i said like the typical uh interview there are too many podcasts that are stroking producers egos and that's not us. yeah <laughs> yeah and i definitely know that uh, uh yuri doesn't want his ego stroked at all so it's yeah that's right um, that's out of the window i mean uh as, as you told me like aaron like you said that he's a very good listener so he's like he's planning to just sit there and just listen throughout the whole thing yeah that's fine so, just, so. Just, just nod and <laughs> smile yeah, and wave boys then, smile and wave yeah every now and then we're probably gonna be jolted whatever so um yeah i mean um as a quick outline like the stuff that we're gonna do is basically we're gonna uh, go through a very a pretty interesting article that's been written up a couple some a few days ago um from a guy that both me and i already know i don't know if, if yuri knows him james um i know him through kiki music and then yeah. i figured out that you know he's uh with the help of the internet like he's a producer and all that stuff so it's like not gonna lie um where basically uh along with uh three other people that we also know uh, they more or less deconstruct the um, what's the title? The state of beat making in 2022. Um, it's um, it's actually a pretty long interview. Yeah, I did keep notes this time. Um, well, from but, what I uh, understand, it was kind of like a written podcast, so it was like hell yeah, long because it was yeah, just them on a yeah. Discord call, just kind of like chatting through shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, basically, they. I guess they come from a, an old head background in a sense of like they've been in the scene since like well I know um, Wanyan or um, Griff has been in the, the scene yeah, since like 2005 yeah. mm. um, that you know or a bit later than that I'm not sure but a long time basically and longer than yeah. me anyway I came, came in in 2019 like hi guys what's all this shit about um, <laughs> <laughs> I can make lo-fi beats too <laughs> yeah um, and <laughs> So yeah, it, it was quite ironing to see these guys just kind of dive into it a little more and um, and just see what they think about the state of it. Because, I mean, for those that have listened to, or like been in the live and listened to the podcast over the past, God, how long have we been doing now? Like six months? Yeah, yeah, more or less. Um, they, they know what we think about this, the lo-fi scene at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> we know the direction that it's going. Um, exactly. And it was, it was interesting to see kind of that take on it as well. And a lot of it, I, I felt, echoed things that we had already discussed yes. anyway. Yeah. Um, you know, they are very much in the understanding that the, the whole term of like lo-fi beats and shit doesn't necessarily align with what a lot of... The, the like the lo-fi scene is coming out with at the moment you know like yeah. i'm saying it, it's it's a lot of like high quality highly like well produced like Stuff. gentle beats and that's yeah. kind of not what the origin of i wouldn't even say lo-fi i would say instrumental hip-hop yeah that's not what that's yeah. all about yeah i mean but uh, yeah you, you wanted to jump in and, and kind of throw the questions that they asked each other about and see what we thought about it so <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's going to be very easy, like, also, like, for Yuri as well, because I want him to, you know, be involved in it. Um, we're not, I mean, even though you, uh, Yuri, you don't, you know, maybe you haven't read the article, probably you haven't. Um, no, the, I the way, the way um, we're going to basically go about it is we're just going to go question by question. It was like, basically, we're throwing the questions to ourselves to see what we come up with it, like, how, how we can respond to that. Of course, yeah, we are maybe a little bit more, um, how should I say, 
invested into the thing <laughs> from from uh, not only just the label aspect, but also like common sense and yes. as producers, of course. But I think mainly it's like because um, especially us three here, we all three come from very different backgrounds when it comes like musically. And the guys who were involved initially in that article are like, I would say hardcore hip hop or like yeah. this is where they come from. So uh, since since the music or the genre that we're working with is not comprised of only hip hoppers or let's say people who are like clearly beat makers, then I think it's like, it's a very interesting topic of how we can go about it. Um, so yeah, and then we have like, I think if we have enough time in the end, there's like another little uh, shit storm that happened. Little shit storm. <laughs> yeah, little shit storm. It's nothing too crazy. It has to do with NFTs and crap like that. <laughs> so yeah, not as important. Um, so yeah, I think the very first question, first question and and i'll be quite interesting to see uh your take on it, it will be like um you know you being the same for how however you've been and i personally know you like through the music that i released with you um for about a year i would say um what would be your your perspective on the scene let's say on we call it lo-fi or let's just say instrumental music instrumental hip-hop like what is your perspective what do you think the perspective is in 2022 where this thing is going more or less where it's coming from and stuff uh, what do i say i don't we know just, we just we just throw him into the deep yeah just throw him <laughs> right in there i think it's going uh it's going up more okay. and more people involved and uh, we see more people young people coming in and uh, yeah more people listening so it's going somewhere yeah we yeah. don't know where people saying that it's gonna be some vocals on the mm -hmm. top but i feel that it's uh, already been it's uh, yeah so no, you don't have to you don't have to worry like there's no there's no right or wrong answer it's like your answer yeah. like what's your take on it so yeah uh, and uh, even old people like when people ask me what are you doing in your life i say and i make low fi and they are like oh nice oh I play cool. this music you know so that's more and that's more cool. people know it about it and yeah yeah definitely we definitely nice. agree with you there yeah it's like i have like my i introduced my dad to it like a couple of years ago i have to say because he was like oh what is like what is what, is, what exactly are you making or what, what is this thing this thing that you're doing and then my dad being like almost in his 70s he said that it really helps him focus <laughs> yeah and <laughs> uh, i'm actually working in a guest house and i always there is a big tv in the living room mm -hmm. and i always put some live stream and like mm -hmm. so many different people come like different ages from different countries and uh, even like uh, grandmothers they are coming like what is this playing come with shazam you know so people really like this music and nice yeah, yeah. That, that, that's the new uh, the new playlist title for the uh, team of experts lo-fi for biddies lo-fi for geriatrics yeah i mean there is no people that don't like this music you know yeah, yeah, I don't think, I don't think there's, there's nothing not to like, actually. 
there's nothing I yeah like, like. Uh, if we take some EDM or and I don't I don't know dubstep drum and bass some electronic music mm. there is many people that might don't like this but lo-fi it's mm. uh, kind of natural you know yeah 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 it's Everybody inoffensive likes it. yeah yeah, no, definitely. Like in, for me, like from my point, and I'd like to hear Aaron's at the end because Aaron's, I, I think he's more, his accent make, makes things more, more nice. <laughs> so I leave the best for last. Uh, my point, like you know, to to refer also to the um, to the article itself, I definitely agree with um, what um, Griff basically mentioned that uh it's it's really going in into a direction and also what yuri said that there's like more and more people coming into it uh, also from both sides both worlds like the audiences and uh and the producers as well the people who make the music but i think we can you know dive a little bit deeper into that later on um but definitely like what griff said makes a lot more sense uh made a lot more sense to me where he said that there's a lot of there's a, a thousand percent increase basically on the whole playlisting and Spotify yeah. and everything is like basically evolving around that. Like it's the whole playlisting concept is um, very w well melded with, mold, uh, I don't know, connected with the whole uh, genre and, and how, unless you go into a big playlist and you earn like a fuck ton of money and all these numbers coming in and then i think griff at some point mentioned the fact that uh, and he's like absolutely right on it that he said that uh there's this sort of like mentality of the more numbers you have the more legit you are or yeah. the bigger the bigger your numbers are the better it is for some reason even though you know the, the whole is, is we i think all all three of us know that the whole playlisting thing is not really a thing like it's it's you end up having like millions of streams where at the end of the day nobody really knows who the fuck you are because 99% of the people who listen to your music are just passive listeners that they mm. listen to massive playlists but for some people that is okay yeah yeah definitely and and this is basically um <laughs> that's basically uh my pickle and i think also aaron's pickle like because um when it comes to i mean for the people that's okay it's definitely for the, the audience but for the people that you know when it comes to producers and in respect with the guys that were in this uh interview it's like i think that's the shitty part and i think this is where where the waters get a little bit muddy for me and uh working with artists that are coming up and they don't know a lot of things and i'm trying you know both me and aaron we're trying to educate everybody as much as we can is that you shouldn't be satisfied with just that because it's not really i mean if, if that's your goal you know to get the numbers and to get the money that's great but at the end of the day what what really pisses me off is like the same people who clearly only care about that kind of thing they're the same people who would try to preach about uh integrity and how dedicated they are to the community and how they've been making the beats and oh thankful to this and this and that and this is like where I think I, I kind of like personally draw the line and definitely don't agree with that. <clears throat> well, I think in the topic of, of the, like what, um, the bit that you're saying, what Griff was, was mentioning is that these guys came up from, from SoundCloud. Like when, when SoundCloud was kind of the only way that you could get your music out there without 
signing up to something stupid like CD Baby to get it on like iTunes. Like this is kind of <laughs> before Spotify really, like really kind took of took off. off. Yeah. Um, and you know back then SoundCloud was the Wild West. Like SoundCloud didn't give a shit about what you uploaded. Like you you could straight up just upload like. Well, unless it was like a really mainstream album then they would probably boot you off but yeah. you know you could just upload any old thing and you know it you could sample like bill evans and stuff like that and, and get away with it and, and mm. have a really obvious sample in there and no one would really care but now and this is something that i've actually noticed or i've spoken with griff about is you know he's now trying to release his music again that he's had on SoundCloud for like years. Oh yeah. And now he's just seeing this kind of vast change in the way that the uh, the music industry or at least the, the lo-fi or instrumental hip-hop industry has gone. Yeah. Where, you know, he can't just bung it on SoundCloud and get a thousand or a hundred thousand like listeners through that, which he has had experience with in the past. It's now yeah. people that are seeing these huge playlists that are then changing what they do mm. to, to fit and this is kind of the problem which the article goes into a little more is is how producers nowadays are you have a small I, I, i'm not going to say that it's everyone there is a small percentage that kind of don't care they'll make their music they'll put it out there and they'll just see what happens with it but yeah. there, there is a, another side of that where people are specifically creating music for playlists and I, you know i've spoken about this before how that's yeah. just kind of really not a good way to go yeah but you know this article dives into that and that now the focus is on these spotify playlists it's less about building that audience through your soundcloud it's less about um you know building a fan base in a way um and like you said, Yuri, that's totally fine if that's what you want to do. If you're if you're more than happy to put your music out there and get it on a playlist that's fully passive and that no one that people are like you're getting those streams, that's great. But yeah. in in the case of this article, they were very much kind of <laughs> old man shouts at clouds, saying <laughs> that you know um, the kids today are doing they know how to use this Spotify and we're still Yay. trying to get SoundCloud to work. Um, and you know it's it's nice to see that those opinions that we've kind of been throwing out there aren't just us shouting at each other in an echo chamber yeah. like that there are people that definitely they can feel that as well um and yeah, yeah i mean uh, i mean basically we have like basically since we have yuri here you know um straight up like you come into the scene right <clears throat> what is like your goal would would your goal be to do anything else or have your music in any other platform than spotify or let's say apple music or whatever like would would soundcloud for example be of interest to you yuri yeah for sure okay i mean i i personally know that you're on soundcloud so that's like that's a, that's yes thing. i am on south soundcloud but i started only two years ago so it's yeah. kind of died already yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So <laughs> I didn't have the opportunity to find some audience there. To leave the, the yeah. glory days of SoundCloud. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 It used to be. I think I definitely think that there's like some some switch, some switch. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, and uh, this is in this genre. It's really hard to turn the listeners to the to the fans. I mm. I, I, I just don't know how because. You were mentioning in a previous podcast that uh, 
producers are following each other you know? <laughs> yeah. so, so I don't know yeah. how you can reach this audience these listeners yeah. it's really me hard me neither I think like for me personally like the only way that this actually happens like uh, reach out to uh, to audiences outside ourselves <laughs> basically is through the ads because of the ads that are run on Facebook and Instagram I start seeing more audience like normal people that would come across uh, the ad and would follow the playlist and then be like oh who is this Pueblo Vista guy or you know some people even uh, living living comments on the ads in their own native languages as if they think that yeah this probably guy this guy probably I mean I am definitely targeting one of my favorite uh, countries to target is uh, is Russia because Russia is like really um, is, is really embracing everything new like in and Russians along with Brazilians are very active on social media like whatever they do and um, after they figure out I guess the, the way to break out of VK more or less <laughs> uh, it's it just went really crazy um, with like embracing anything new that comes along and I get a lot of interesting Russian comments that I have to usually go on a Google Translate and copy paste and it's probably like most of them evolve around sex <laughs> surprisingly <laughs> Yeah, Brazilians. Yeah, Brazilians on the other hand are like different. But anyway, not to strive too away from uh, too far away from from the question is that uh, so yeah, that's that that was the only way that I could manage to basically reach out to audiences when it comes to uh, Facebook and Instagram. I mean, I have had the privilege to be on SoundCloud for a while now. I would have to say, as Paul Gilmore, I've been there since 2007. So I did, I've, I have witnessed the glory days of like blowing up on SoundCloud. Uh, for Pueblo Vista, I think the account for Pueblo Vista has been there since 2014. But it's been inactive for a couple of, a couple of years before I started like putting out the releases and everything else. Um, but I have seen, I think I was just in the turning point right before it just went shit. Like if yeah. you set up like a SoundCloud account now, you know, getting an audience on SoundCloud, chances are probably zero to none. Like, like you said, it's, it's really hard. Like, it's it's almost like impossible. The only way I think you could do it is like when if if you actively ask people to follow you there. Like, if you have, for example, a, I mean, back in the day, it was pretty common to have like follow gates. Like, yeah, you know, give out free tracks, and then they would have to follow you to get to whatever you want to go. Uh, but now it's like. <clears throat> no, it doesn't make money, you know. If it doesn't make money, I've, then you don't have to do anything. I have seen some people that have kind of that they're clinging on to that success of um, of SoundCloud, and it's yeah. through something that I can't think of the term is at the moment. I don't. I want to say playlist parties, but I know that's not it. No. Uh, where is it? I'm just trying to find a Discord channel that has one set up specifically for that. Okay, that's uh, interesting. I can't remember what it's called. I guess, all right, a follow train. There are SoundCloud like repost thingies as well. And there are specific like websites that are set up so that you could go in and it's essentially like a playlist exchange, but it's on SoundCloud. And that specific person I've spoken to, which you know, Paul, as Ethan, he's had some success on that by yeah. doing that 
Yeah. Which is, that's cool. Um, big, this falls all the way back down to the playlists in a sense. Um, yeah, yeah. In yeah. that you need, you know, if you want to focus on SoundCloud, you kind of have to put that effort in the same yeah. for for Spotify, Apple Music and stuff like that. Um, yeah. I'll admit, I have literally zero traction on Apple Music outside of Dashko's playlist because I have not the fucking foggiest on how <laughs> to get you know involved with curators on apple music um, yeah yeah that seems like a completely impossible thing to do as well i mean i've seen one or two but it's not yeah. really a priority which it should be because they pay more but yeah the the for me like the the friction the good organic friction that i had on on apple music long before the whole um i think it it, it happened and coincided with uh being on dashco it was the fact that um that I was pretty active on, I am, well, not as much as I was in the past. Uh, I was pretty active on VK. Like, I'm, I think I'm, I, I was one of the very few, let's say, uh, Europeans <laughs> that's actually had an account ever on VK. And I knew it was like pretty solid. And there are some, there are some really big lo-fi communities in, in, in VK, even though like in overall, um, and I guess Yuri can, can tell us on that. Um, is that uh, what I've seen like from Russians, like also like what, what um, basically what uh, Griff said on the interview is like uh, uh, Russian, let's say that that part of Europe is like more, and also in Ukraine, they're more into uh, boom bap rather yeah. than lo-fi yeah, right. and stuff like that. And funk and funk as well. Like this is like really big there, uh, which ironically enough, you know, these are like, these are like genres that are, more evolving or let's say going around the whole sampling thing and yeah one of the central pieces of the whole concept of, of hip-hop rather than what we see nowadays dominating the yeah. actual playlists so uh <laughs> big up big up to my russian brothers out there but th that that's it isn't it like spotify yeah. has at least with their editorials um yeah they they've nurtured this or cultivated just you know farming terms cultivated yeah. this um this sound through their yeah, editorials yeah, and the same with like lo-fi girl and even like chill beats and stuff like that though chill beats does swing more towards that kind of boom yes, bappy sound yeah, yeah. in in that these accessible gentle high um highly produced like high quality beats you know, if we go back to the very start of this entire conversation, that mm. that type of lo-fi, lo-fi is super, super accessible, and that yeah. is what's kind of shooting to the moon. You know, we've seen it through through all of like the sleep playlists. We've seen it through like that sleepy lo-fi, and when you start looking at that, I guess from a more objective perspective, you can kind of see the difference between people like Griff and Ocean that are seeing that are more into that sort of old school, um, like the far side, uh, Tribe yeah. Quest and everything like Jay Dilla did, that that lo-fi. And then you've got what is kind of becoming mainstream like today, which yeah. is that more sort of accessible, nothing too kind of, it's, it's yeah. slightly rooted in yeah. like what you'd say is traditional hip hop, but it's it only has kind of very mellow, um, like ties to it you know the beats are quite gentle there's there's no kind of 
you know, the drums are very much what have been pulled from like splice and stuff that are like high quality that have been recorded by like six different mics at 45 different angles. (laughs) You know, this this microphone cost me $10,000 and that's how I recorded this snare and it still still sounds trash. Um, And, you know, back in in the old school, like 90s, early 2000s, like the drum sounds that we were hearing in hip hop were also sampled from you know old school like soul and funk and r&b yeah and now you know and i'm not necessarily saying that's a bad thing no. it's cool that that someone can kind of wake up and be like you know what i want to start producing beats and they can just go to splice and get the basic kind of puzzle pieces to create yeah. their first their first track um which again it's it's awesome that someone can do that but it has helped develop and cultivate this style of lo-fi that we're hearing today that's kind of going mainstream, that does stray away from what the origins of the genre um, was. And that's kind of the whole point of this, I guess, entire article on on the crackle. Yeah. I mean, Yuri's here, so I guess we can put the question to him, like, how would you go about, you know, you're new to this, I love this fucking bit, you're you're (laughs) new to this scene, you know, whatever. Um, So... You said, okay, I, I like this kind of music. I want to make it. How would you go about it? Like, what were the first, let's say, steps that you did? I sampled some jazz, some Soviet jazz. And okay. This is how I start. And, uh, and I, I actually get to know about Splice only last year. I didn't know. Okay. What is it? When I got to labels, uh, yeah. they were mentioned like you no know, splice loops. I'm like, what is splice? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, I it's a blessing and a curse. <laughs> yeah, because as you said, uh, on VK and like Russian, uh, Aaron, do you know what is VK? Yeah, yeah. So I, I use it to it, download it, it, stuff that's been pirated. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we we are the pirates of the pirates. Yeah, yeah. So, pirates, uh, pirates. Yeah, people, people listening more, more of uh, in Russia. They listen more of uh, old school boom bap stuff. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So I didn't know what is exactly lo-fi means and yeah, sleepy yeah. lo-fi. And, uh, yeah, that's definitely, especially the sleepy lo-fi. Yeah, I just started with yeah. just something. Now that's, that's great. I just wanna back a little bit and talk yeah, cool. that uh, uh, you mentioned that. Uh, to gain listeners, it's promote your own playlist. It's a really good idea, I think, because uh, you can, if you have two hours of your music, yeah, uh, you can make a playlist and you can put ads, and yes, yeah. it's really great for yeah. some awesome. uh, young producers. You know, like uh, even if you make some couple of thousand streams, you make some yeah. some royalties from it. You can just don't waste it for. I don't know for what you can make it. You can make ads, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I think you're probably like one of the very few people who actually say that, and you come from like a hundred percent from the producer uh, background. It's like this is something that also intrigued me the the past, let's say, couple of years that I've been more active in running ads. Um, that I've never seen a producer or let's say somebody to say, okay maybe it's definitely worth in investing in myself and whether whether you have like what i'm going to add to what you said here is like whether you have like two hours of your music or you have like one hour or even if you have like five tracks you can still make a big enough playlist 
or if you yes. if you invest enough in it or if you curate it enough or you know asking all your friends to follow it or whatever and you can slowly by but surely adding squeezing in your music along with everybody else's and then you you know provide your support to the community and then you promote your own work as well so yeah. you create this sort of like compliment sandwich in a way and you're not just like oh here's my shit that's it of course when you reach that level of of you know having two hours of your own music especially in Alexandra we know that this is a fucking epic achievement <laughs> two hours <laughs> of your music you know with like two minutes per track that's yeah. definitely going to take a while um so and then you can say you can you can say as low as like five bucks a day for example it's like oh, i'll just throw some money in and try to advertise and then before advertising you can start having like uh, but i mean now that's a little bit obsolete saying like hey follow my playlist bro like i think everybody else is doing it out there or like uh you know playlists or or daily playlists or something that i i discovered the other day that i told you the the playlist trading yeah <laughs> But you know, it's it's definitely like it definitely makes a lot of sense to do yeah. that. Of course, like on the label level, it's it's even more. But I think yeah, again, we we played ourselves in the whole uh, playlisting thing, sadly. Yeah, <laughs> but, well, yeah. I mean, what even before I started my label, I had um, my own playlist put together. Yeah, like I've I've mentioned this before. I I haven't curated the playlist that I've curated. <laughs> for the joy of music <laughs> it's solely a marketing thing um yeah, you know yeah, i spend yeah. two to three hours every monday going through my playlist submissions not yeah. for the joy of it like sometimes i'm really like i'm just really not in the mood like you've got to be in the mood to, to sit through like yeah, yeah i think two and a half hours of of lo-fi um and you know it, it's the effort that i put in there so that you know, I can give a, a space for those artists to get on on a, their first playlist. I've had loads of people that have been like, "Oh, you were the first playlist that that accepted me," and that that's really cool. But at, at the end of the day, the, the the sole reason I'm doing it is because, you know, look at the top uh, twenty tracks. They are both my own and, and my label releases. But before that, they were yeah. mostly just my own releases. <laughs> um, and you know, it was kind of like, how many of my own releases should I put on this playlist so it doesn't look All like that's what I'm doing? <laughs> no, and sadly, no. I, I did to stick to like ten. But yeah, um, no, but I think I think after after a point and, and don't look too far. Like it's you know since you mentioned the whole uh, having playlists before we actually started uh, releasing music or being a label, um, cowgirl, uh, lo-fi girl, um, <laughs> he had he had a, like the same playlist that he has now. He had it before he made the label, and, uh, and something that a lot of people don't know. Uh, and it was part also like from the article as well, uh, and I would like to bring up because I thought it was like a good opportunity, was the fact that before he created the label, I'm pretty sure Yuri doesn't know about it, he went around asking for people, um, basically he would send them an email and he would ask you if you're willing to get into an agreement with him to give him 70% of whatever you make if he puts you on his playlist. So like the whole plan was basically to, he put, it, it was based on like a private agreement along with trust like he would yeah. trust you to give him a, an accurate printout of your spotify analytics so he can calculate how many streams you he generated to your track through his playlist and then you would give him 70 percent of that and fuck him yeah, <laughs> that's good yeah that's that's great i mean before he had a label i think his playlist was definitely that number one yeah. third party playlist out there with like 
close to what, like two, three million followers or whatever. Um, and then uh, the likes of me and Griff and whatever, we just blew uh, multiple whistles at the same time. <laughs> and that shit kind of like died out. And then probably he thought that it would be a better idea to set up a label. Yeah. So now he can fuck people <laughs> Legit <laughs> legitimately. Uh, but that's that's a topic for later or maybe another day. Um, yeah. So yeah, it definitely makes sense to a playlist. Uh, yeah, it definitely. Yeah. And but th there are so many different like. I know Yuri, you said that it is kind of a hard genre to get, um, you know, to get legitimate fans. But there are definitely ways that this can be done, and it, it's more around finding your niche. Um, and one example, one fantastic example that I can bring up is um, someone that's in the comments, uh, Saturn and the Hula Hoops. Um, yeah, he I'm went around sure. and found that there was a, um, I guess, a group of people that like to play with hula hoops. They're, they're yeah. called hula girls and he went and just messaged a bunch of hula girls and was like hey my name's Saturn in the hula hoops um would you like to use my music in any of your videos videos so he's boom gone and got yeah. a load of these people um you know dancing with hula hoops to his his music and he's been getting fans from that um yeah and it's just, it's just about finding finding that niche um yeah you know someone mentioned like traditional marketing as well like physical stuff um mm. and mentioned that in the past that you know if you have like a local coffee shop nearby or something that plays music you could go and see whether you yeah. know they would be willing to play some of your music or whether you could leave like a flyer or something um near the counter to leave you know to, to give your details out there and you know th there's a lot that can be done and i think the one thing that i find disappointing about a lot of people within this genre is that they either like to like to take shortcuts or they just say that it's impossible and then they don't do anything about it and that i guess that's what kind of bums me out about it like that they focus on playlists and they don't think anything outside of that and yeah there's there's definitely a lot to do but it's also a lot of work so, but I mean, Yuri, what do you think? Um, like, what ideas have you had about marketing outside of just like playlists and stuff like that? I, uh, I never actually think about it. I, you I, should. I like okay. <laughs> yes, I should. I know, uh, and I'm just on the starting to think about it because I have like twelve uh, tracks released, mm -hmm. so. I really just started, you can say. I started to release last year. I just started to produce videos. So, yeah, yeah, and there's there's all sorts of things that you can do. Like like you mentioned, the playlist thing that you could you could create a playlist and maybe ex like take submissions yeah. for that. Um, you know, see if there's is there I'm any specific um, <laughs> I guess theme that you've had with with some of your past releases. Sorry. Is, is there any like themes that you've had with past releases? Like what, what is like your last EP? What was that kind of based around? Uh, my last release was based around winter. It yeah, was, it was, we released uh, that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a release with Pablo Vista and uh, I actually did submissions like, uh, I don't know, I've sent maybe 50 to the 50 people and I use uh, your list lazy boy nice <laughs> noise yeah, so, very nice so very good very nice and, uh, <laughs> and i recommend everyone who listen to check this out because it's really helpful and useful and uh, 
I I got some plates and uh, placements to some nice. not big but still yeah. good playlists and I engage with some new people and uh, yeah so you That's you always yeah. I just started to do it so you, yeah. before I was just uh, putting it out and don't do nothing yeah uh, maybe just few submissions on submit hub but now I understood that uh, it's worth it to to invest your time to yeah. promote your music and not yeah. just one day but you can you can make a video you can make a story then story a week after yeah know, not every day every day because people are like Fuck. This yeah. guy's <laughs> <laughs> that's that's no it's kind of interesting yeah. though because yeah. there there is um there is this thing around like posting on social media in that for every post that you do you reach a certain percentage of your audience so say if you yeah. have a thousand followers um your first post will maybe hit 10 percent of that so what 100 um so then if you post in another couple of days it might hit a different percentage of that audience so it's always good and, and this is something that again I've, I've shouted from the rooftop so many times is don't just like release and move on so yeah. like if you're your music's based around winter that's perfect it's kind of winter at the moment you know you I, um, i'm not in 100 percent sure where you live but i'm is there snow and if there is can you go and take some cool photos uh, if not that's fine just yeah. use something like pexels or unsplash find some nice like snowy pictures and you can put those on your stories with um you know with the little music link yeah. and things like that there's there's so many different like instagram alone has now has um like three different ways to kind of promote yourself and it's like with stories reels and with like a feed post so yeah. there's three different opportunities that you can put your stuff out there um, and that's just with with um with instagram you've also got mm. like twitter i mean if you just go on twitter and hashtag something lo-fi there's about four different bots that will retweet it oh, yeah. <laughs> so you're already covered with with like promotional stuff there um yeah. and yeah it's there's definitely i would look into marketing but, things like that I think yours like really going into definitely like a good direction yeah um, with the, with what he wants to do with the music and and the brand basically because every every one of us like being an artist you're also like a brand and you need to manage that whether you like it or not um, I know that where he is right now and in Israel there's not too much of snow happening right. but at the end of the day it is what it is you know it, it doesn't really have to be um, so like uh, you know rule of thumb as, as soon as you produce the content i really so much want to uh make an impression of gary v and say something like tiktok produce content <laughs> like, yeah. tiktok works uh, yeah it does what i also found out and that could be like an interesting tip is that um it might sound silly but tiktok let's say um the music that gets added into stories has a lot to do with the title of the music. Like sometimes people would just literally search for, I don't know, they they, they post a story, they want to post a, a TikTok video about snow, some shit like that, and they will literally just search Talk snow like. or winter or whatever. I seen <laughs> that, <laughs> right, yeah. yeah, I've seen <laughs> that, blow, I, I had like a couple, one of my tracks like really blew up on TikTok and, um, the the one that I titled "Waiting for You at Shibuya Station," <laughs> which is like a hundred percent like clickbait. There's like nothing. Like I've I know what you know where that is like one of the most famous uh, underground stations in the world, if not just Japan in Tokyo. But me simping or, or let's say uh, being a culture vulture. <laughs> 
for the for the Japanese culture, basically using up um, that specific location in a place that I've never been. Yeah. Um, and apparently this went really well, and uh, I think that track is like over three million plays on TikTok now. I mean. Yeah, it's nothing too crazy, but it's not like, oh my god, like whatever, like... Oh uh, yeah, I have one track called Tired Bones, um, and <laughs> that was used by someone that I'm pretty sure was a foot fetish. <laughs> <laughs> and they were just like, just gently, just caressing their foot. But it was like in tights, and I was, and I was like, oh no! <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the, that's the So yeah, I'm on uh, like control. foot talk. But yeah, no, that's. But this goes back to the whole thing of of making your music for something and not for yourself. Exactly, exactly. exactly. But again, this for for TikTok. So I was talking to someone about about that as well. In that the TikTok, you can search for sounds. So let's say you want to search for um, isn't it like Affirmation by Jinseng? Um, yeah. You can find that sound and you can see all of the videos that have used that sound. Right there, you have now a massive catalogue of people that are willing to use lo-fi in their videos. So what you could do if you have the time is just scroll down all of those, find, either try and message them through TikTok, see if they've linked a, a, an Instagram or something, message them through yeah. Instagram and, and just kind of put a, a nice, friendly message that's like, hey, I noticed nice. you used lo-fi in, in your TikToks. If you ever want to do that again, it'd be totally like, cool if you could check check nice. my stuff out. Um, yeah. It's kind of like guerrilla marketing in a sense because I know that out of maybe the thousand messages you could send, only ten will probably be like, yeah, sure, no worries. Um, but, you know, th th there's all of those kind of options there as well. Um, and, yeah, that's... Yeah, uh, I can well, talk I mean, about this shit all day. <laughs> I, I know, I know, but let's not strive too far away from the... Yeah, basically, yeah. us uh, deconstructor and say, commenting on the article. Like, I think the next question that we can going to is that um, the bit making community is completely different from what it is out there right now and um, and there's a definitely something that played a big role into that is, is the social media influence I mean the stuff that we've been discussing uh, all along and the, the perception of the sound and something that I definitely <coughs> be interested to um, also like ask you is something that i mentioned initially like when 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 it comes to numbers um and for example yuri like when when it comes to you uh let's say whether it is submitting to a label or following somebody like let's say a producer or whatever how important to you is uh the social reach of that outlet like it does it matter to you uh, how, if it matters to you if, if a label let's say has like a hundred thousand followers or like 10 or if a producer has like a hundred thousand a million followers or one does that make a difference to you does it play any role not at all not at all okay i think uh, matter is sound and uh, branding so if i if i like how it sounds and if i like how it looks that's it he buys me they buys me you know nice if it's just a, if it's just a producer who who maybe i like but he doesn't have a, no post he doesn't post he doesn't mm -hmm. upload his music I, I i wouldn't follow so because it's make no sense just uh, Follow for follow, yeah. Follow for follow. Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a lot of people. Sense. There's a oh, lot of people who do that. that. 
There's so, a lot of people who do that. Yeah, sadly. Nah. Uh, definitely, yeah. It definitely makes definitely makes sense. Your approach definitely makes sense. It's always like it's always been like that. It's, it's just like sad, I think, and we can tie it up to the fact that it's. I I also like I'm very. How should I say? And I think Radical mentioned that in the article that um, because of having all these people, all these new producers, basically making uh, since this kind of genre is like very accessible um, nowadays, and a lot of people would. Um, end up falling on one of two major playlists out there one of them being uh, well one of two major cowgirl playlists <laughs> 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 like you type lo-fi on any streaming platform and then you end up uh, on with both of his playlists um then they listen to that kind of sound and they always what you said before aaron as well like they kind of like force themselves into making something that sounds like that yeah and and the reason why I want to mention this, like which is sad, is basically um, the fact that there was a there was a point in the, the interview about uh, gentrification of lo-fi. That's what I was going to bring up. Um, so I think that we can tie it up really good with that. Um, so to all of the listeners who don't know what gentrification is, <laughs> I think I copy pasted something here. Look at uh, you coming with the with actual references and yeah, and yeah, shit it's like amazing, that. right? It's amazing. Wow. Where the fuck is it? Uh, no, I, no, I, I thought I copied this. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's just say gentrification. I mean, the meaning of gentrification is basically the process whereby the character of a poor urban area is changed by wealthier people moving in, improving housing, attracting new businesses, often displacing current inhabitants, and in the pro uh, in the process. Yeah. Um, or let's say the process of making someone or something more refined, polite, or respectable. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's it, it, that, it, it kind of mostly revolves around like poor and also like black neighborhoods as well. That's that's the yeah. context that I've I've heard this this term in. Um, in that you know, white suburban moms move in, house prices increase, businesses come along yeah, like Starbucks yeah. and all that shit, and yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, let's, I, let's let's ask let's ask Yuri because I know he's a good listener. He told me earlier, but I told him he's not going to get away with it when he's you know, jumping into <laughs> that podcast. He would have to say something. So yeah, you're new to this. Okay, we get it. I'm pretty sure that you know something of hip hop. Like uh, no, what's hip hop? Culture or whatever, <laughs> where it started, stuff like that. And I'm pretty sure you also understand, and you probably heard it around that. Um, the the origin of lo-fi hip-hop is from hip-hop so with the knowledge that you have uh and the culture that you're accustomed to would you say that lo-fi hip-hop in the in the span of the past let's say five years because that has been around for a while um has been gentrified gentrified i don't know what does that mean this word Gentrified basically is, is what we said before, the whole gentrification. Gentrify is basically that um, um, somebody took this genre and uh, because it was made more accessible, they managed to uh, dilute the, the actual essence of it and make it something new that potentially is not even likable anymore. 
I don't really understand what you're asking. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool, okay. Are you asking, um, is it going anywhere? Uh, no, not really, not really. But we can say like, Aaron can say his piece and then from what Aaron says, maybe you will understand the the the, oh, uh, the question don't worry about it don't worry about it's cool so gentrification in the it, it took me a while to understand the, the whole question when i read through the article myself so. oh, go ahead bloody foreigners no i'm joking <laughs> 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 um uh so in in the sense of like lo-fi and lo-fi hip-hop gentrification in this sense is so like, as i mentioned before we started with um those sort of the beats that spurred from that 90s 2000 hip-hop that was definitely deep-rooted in in black culture um like a, a tribe called quest uh the roots uh far side all those type of um like hip-hop bands and then and th this is actually you've probably all seen it across everybody's instagram stories um that that a book has been released called Dilla Time, which goes into the history of um, what I guess would, would be uh, Jay Dilla and and the evolution of um, like instrumental and lo-fi hip hop. Mm. And some would say that that Jay Dilla is the person that kind of revolutionised lo-fi hip hop. Though in the the Crackle article that we're talking about, they they mentioned some other artists as well. And it, it was yeah. again, it was that deep rooted um, like in black culture it was it was sampling it was using like drum machines like your mpcs and things like that and that is how i guess we could say instrumental lo-fi hip-hop began yeah. and then as time's gone on uh, more people have come along and they've taken that sound and i guess smoothed it out a bit refined it a little more and if you compare what was being released in kind of like the early 2000s and then listen to to kind of what is mainstream and popular now now for me personally i would say yes that lo-fi hip-hop or lo-fi instrumental hip-hop has been gentrified because now you search lo-fi hip-hop and as paul mentioned you'll get the the lo-fi girl playlists that all feature these you know highly polished high quality um like mellow laid back chill beats that are just you know <laughs> fuck off. you've seen you've seen these motherfucking um, fuck faces all over the yeah like... so i guess that's that that's my answer to that question <laughs> yeah uh well my my answer is uh, i would i would respectfully disagree uh, okay because i also like disagreed with what i read um in that article respectfully guys you know uh, whoever from the article participants is reading uh, or is listening um is that i don't particularly i i i don't believe that it's been has been gentrified just be, exactly for the reasons that you mentioned Aaron, it's because that people basically took that concept like there's the the, the influence was there a hundred percent and then I wouldn't say like it, it, it didn't it didn't gentrify the actual genre itself because you cannot really um, I mean what gentrification means like it, it also uh, includes a sense of eradication of what's there yeah. and you know you you just splatter something brand new like you just put a layer of cement and then you build the new houses or whatever um, I think they used that the concept the idea and then they basically I wouldn't say evolved like. They took something from that, uh, and I think Ocean mentions a lot of it. A lot of it on, on the article that there is some sort of like a hip hop or lo-fi hip hop influence there. But then, 
according to, you know, based on what you say as well, is that they kind of like, and this is what we also hear, like they kind of mellowed it out and made it more hi-fi than it actually is. Like it's, it's there, but it's not. So I wouldn't say it's, it's gentrified because it's not dead. Like you don't kill it off. Uh, part, part I think from, from this process, what, whatever happened there uh, is the, the whole copywriting thing that's happening because it's definitely great like back in the 60s and 70s and 90s like the whole hip-hop evolved because um, people did not have the money for high-end equipment like because back then you know we didn't have any computers you don't have like a fucking studio in your in your pocket uh, so you had to come up with music so the easiest thing would be to actually chop up sounds from you know yeah. basically sample things and then you had your drums you had your bass lines you had your, your everything was there so there's definitely a lot of more uh motivation to create to create basically instead of now you just go to splice oh i like that shit boom <laughs> you download yeah. it you put it out on youtube make sure it has content id because it's your music <laughs> you know <laughs> So there you go. So I wouldn't I wouldn't agree that it has been gentrified at all. Like it just it's just a whole different thing. Like the whole lo-fi that we keep mentioning. Uh, and I always said that it just defines it defines some sort of community or let's say some sort of producer. Which if if there's anything that is being gentrified, I would say it would be the term, not the actual genre itself. This is what's mm. been gentrified. Okay. Like, for example, if, if you make, um, if you're like one of these uh, uh, more mellow out, sleepy kind of like producers with your like tip top drums and your cool guitars and everything sounds like super dope. If you call yourself a lo-fi producer, I think first of all, it's wrong. Secondly- <laughs> You're wrong. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> secondly, you're, you're I don't know, you may be underselling or downplaying yourself as a producer because, yeah, yeah. but mainly it's wrong because you, you, there's, you, there's nothing to do with lo-fi, whatever you do. The same way that I find it very funny when I see Chill Hop uploading videos on their YouTube channel and they include the whole lo-fi hip-hop on their titles. Yeah. You're, 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 you're people, you're just like, I don't know, this is like jazz or smooth jazz. Like it, It's not hip-hop it's not lo-fi hip-hop at all yeah so that's my take on it like the the term itself has definitely been a hundred percent gentrified but the actual genre the music itself no because there's the people that's out there then they keep doing it they're still doing it yeah i guess it, you kind of alluded to it at the start of your ramble uh, and that it's yeah. it's evolved <laughs> um you know it, it has and as people have mentioned in the comments as well it's kind of it's spurred off into its own different subgenres of the subgenre itself. You know, yeah, yeah, as yeah. I mentioned, like again, previous podcast, lo-fi isn't necessarily the genre itself. It's it's a descriptor of what the genre actually is. So, you know, lo-fi hip hop back in the day was very much like sampled from an actual vinyl record. Yeah, lo-fi you know, sound. Drum beats sound. were, you know, drum hits were pulled from different records and kind of all put together. And there was that rawness to it that made it made it low you know low fidelity it wasn't yeah perfect and then you know you have these people that will spend you know 15 hours perfecting the, the chop. eq on a mm. guitar um to create that just that right sound and 
you know, again, nothing against that, but that does that's not what Lo-Fi makes. That that's that's just making, you know, I guess down tempo, mellow, chill hip hop. Yeah, yeah. It's just like there's there's no there's no other catchy name for that mellow shit that came up. I think one of the terms that at some point I even tried to uh, coin or coin whatever. To, I was hoping it would pick up was like low hop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But it's like there's there's no catchy phrase for it. Like it's impossible to, yeah. But the lo-fi is the easiest thing, and everybody says like, oh yeah, lo-fi, and then let's go. I mean, I'm part of the problem as well in the sense of like I know you that you are me, the problem. Yeah, dude, I am the problem. <laughs> I'm I'm the problem first, and then I'm part of the problem. Uh, but it's like I also do it as well. Like also like with the releases that I put out, um, and even even with with the music that I that you know my basic as fuck beats are not have nothing to do with um with with the, the pure essence of that lo-fi of that that hip-hop back in the like the only thing that i do to emulate that sort of like i guess feeling and kind of pay my respect my respects no no uh no air quotes pay my respects to the whole old school uh thing the culture of it is that i don't use any midi uh at all like i just record the, directly to to wave so I just pick the, I record something like 10 times and the less shittier take is the one that I would, <laughs> is the one that I would use in my final mix. And then that's it. Cause I've like, I've no musical background. I don't know any notes. I don't read notes. I don't, I just see, I know what keys fit with what. And then that's that. Uh, yeah. But that's basically my respect towards the whole thing. Like this is how mm. I do it. I, I do agree with what Linear Wave said in the comments as well. Is that lo-fi is kind of essentially just become a catch-all for instrumental music yeah. as a whole. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, lo-fi isn't necessarily hip-hop anymore. It is just like chill beats. Yeah, yeah. What do you I think, Yuri? Yeah, <laughs> I think that it was gentrified. I translate this word <laughs> just because people started to use like. Uh, electronic sounds and electronic mm. sounds they are clean as far yeah. you know yeah. they are pure so that's why we are using rc20 and stuff like that all mm. these vinyl crackles plugins to make it lo-fi yeah. but it is hi-fi lo-fi just because yeah. people stop to sample you know they yeah. record midi and stuff so yeah I think, well, yeah, I think, I think, yeah, he just nailed it. Basically, that's it. Yeah, man. But I'm, 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 I'm happy with the fact that actively as producers, we're looking for ways to downgrade the final outcome of the music. Yeah. To make it sound <laughs> poor shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, there's like, the, there's like the, the the classic SNL joke, like more cowbell, like like more vinyl crackle. <laughs> yeah. Like up to a point, like I've, I've, I've had submissions. Of people like that, like the the crackle was so loud, so there, yeah, like so much in front of the mix, and you're like, dude, you have made a beautiful track. Like, <laughs> just you know, tone it down a little bit. It doesn't have to be that bad. Like, come on, uh, I don't know. I mean, I've even heard like people trying to. Uh, I've heard some stories like people recording something and then reproducing it from a speaker and re-recording it from like a like a microphone to kind of like create this sort of 
natural. I, I had this whole fucking elaborate <laughs> setup not too long ago where I'd like I'd found some nice clean MIDI and recorded like a little Rhodes thing, and I was like, you know yeah. what I'm gonna do? Put it through an old ass tape player, <laughs> record that, and then play it out and record what came out of the tape player. It Fuck sounded like man. absolute shit. But I was Fucking like, no, yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, it genuinely sounded like absolute garbage, and I haven't done it again. But I have think I did think I used it in a song somewhere. I, I don't, I can't remember oh, which one. Uh, Lo-Fi Cos has like an interesting um, uh, comment there in the live. He says electronic is not always clean. There's also Lo-Fi House. But I got your point. Yeah, I think I think I got the another thing that I would like to talk about. Fucking Lo-Fi House. We're talking basically about. Pitch down jazz house or deep house or even tech house. And now, because I, I have like, my background is electronic music and I've been DJing more than making music. And first time that I heard a lo fi house set, I'm like, that fucking shit is deep house pitched down. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can literally take all of my DJ sets from the previous 10 years, pitch them down, maybe. 15 20 bpms like put them all, all put them like 105 bpm and then just fucking call it lo-fi house come on <laughs> like what the fuck is this i don't know but that both is, of us I, are just the hair like not a fucking clue yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i i don't listen to house music uh, at all uh lo-fi cult knows what i'm talking about don't worry about it. i got you bro <laughs> No, there's not. There's not a lot of us dinosaurs out there. We're we're a slowly dying breed, so it's fine. I am actually thinking of um, of of making a comeback in the DJing shit. I don't know. I will literally just pitch I down most of my it. stuff. Yeah, and I start DJing live and stuff, going like Instagram live. Yeah, make videos. TikToks. TikToks, man. I'm just gonna go to TikTok and make content. Hey, the, the, the TikTok DJ scene <laughs> is is really good. If if you can mix some weird shit in with house, people will love it. There's a lot, I think there's like some, uh, like I've seen a lot of uh, Twitch DJs. Like I think one of them that I can, I can, we can give her a shout out. It's actually Annabelle. I don't know if you know her from, she's also, from, she used to be in the Kiki team and I known her since then. And she's been DJing uh, for a while. And then she made the switch to um, Twitch. And she's like, she has like, uh, what is it? I think she has, she passed the 5,000 subscribers. Do they have nice. subscribers on Twitch? <clears throat> yeah, and which yeah. Is, I think for Twitch, for Twitch level, five thousand subscribers is like a pretty good um, feat to 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 like level to reach. So, yeah, shout out to Annabelle. Whatever. Nice, <laughs> nice, very nice. <laughs> um, anyway, moving on. Uh, what time? Is it? Yeah, okay, we're good. Um, I don't know, Aaron. You wanna uh, tackle the? I mean, gentrification, I think we pretty much covered it. Uh, Yuri fucking nailed it. Yeah. His laconic response. Bro. I mean, I, I, I will happily admit right now that I kind of got um, a little bit after the point about uh, dust collectors. And then I kind of just zoned out because that was a lot of a lot of writing to read. Yeah, no, I think I think <laughs> after after that, I mean, this is what I went through as well. Like uh, dust collectors was like the highlight of the thing. And then after that, I think they spent a good time of talking about what's the previous uh, experiences with gigs and lives and stuff, because yeah. especially Radicule comes from a live performance background. Like he's, he's been more, he's very active in performing in New York. Um, yeah, well, I mean, I think we, live so, stuff definitely has a future, um, exactly. and more of a future. I think that's yeah. where 
I guess, instrumental hip-hop if we're not going to catch all, you know, the whole lo-fi thing. Um, I think that's where it's going to start getting big because I think with the pandemic, it's, it's brought a lot of people towards this genre and yeah. if people discovering the genre and there are those such as myself that are looking more into getting into live stuff and I think once the world is not burning to a crisp and we can all actually go outside, that there might be quite a resurgence with like live performances within hip hop as well I've, I've been seeing a number of different um places that started up there's a place in manchester that that's called the, the hip hop chip shop that does um an evening of people that just go and play their beats live um there's a lot of uh, jam sessions as well that i've noticed that started popping up over the place where you can just turn up with an instrument and, and play and stuff like that it's not necessarily the beat scene that kind of focuses more around jazz but mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's definitely, um, there's going to be a resurgence of, I guess, more sort of open mic music sessions where people can play and just turn up and do their thing. Yeah. What do you think, Yuri? Are you going to be down for something like that? Yeah, for sure. There is, have you heard of Tim Czech? It's a Russian producer. Mm-hmm. So no? he's... Uh, for like a couple of years already, he's performing uh, what what he calls it lo-fi soul. So he, okay. he plays beats uh, on a drum machine with uh, real jazz uh, musicians. Oh, that's and, interesting. Yeah, that's they play cool. like real lo-fi, you know, like boom bop stuff. <laughs> lo-fi, yeah. oh, right. Sounds like jazz. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah. In Russia, team check. Team check. How right. do you spell it? Like team as in like team? T-E-A-M? Yeah, team. T-E-M-C-H-E-C-K. Okay, team check. Yeah. Both so... of us like, yeah, let's have a look at this shit. <laughs> uh, I, get, I get this, I get a weird website. There's like a, a startup or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> and as, as I can see, he have a lot of gigs, so it's nice. really popular, at least in uh, Moscow. Nice. Yeah. Well, there, there's someone for up. the uh, for the uh, after the podcast research. Yeah, afterwards, I guess. Yeah. I found something on. like Team Chick, but this is nothing to do with anything. Team Chick FX, but nah, that's nothing. I think I need to look him up on VK. We will get more accurate results there. Yeah, send me send me a link. I hope it works because like most of the shit that is like uh, available in Russia is not even available. I have to go behind a VPN. That's the other issue that I find. Like even though that <laughs> I, I really I really think that VK has a lot of opportunities. Like also for for musicians because you'd be surprised. Uh, like I mean, especially with electronic music. Oh, there it is, Tim Jack. Yeah. Uh, I would just type my name there, like the the, the, the DJ the, the DJ stuff and the electronic stuff that I used to do, and I would see a lot of, um, let's just say, uh, what you said in the beginning. You know, there there, VK is like the the pirate the, the pirate of the pirate, basically. So people would just upload rent a lot of music, yeah, there. movies, music, everything, everything. everything. Yeah. You can just you don't need anything else. You just need a VK account, <laughs> yeah. and you're good to go. Uh, so I would like see my tracks, my music there a lot. And then when it came to all the whole distribution thing and releasing music, there's a lot of distributors, including, for example, Dashco, are um, affiliated with uh, Yandex, VK Music, 
um, yeah, I think these are the major two. And then technically you would have, if you release music with um, one of the major distributors, you, you would have your music available there. So, and every time there's like an illegal upload, they would just flag it down. Um, but it's really cool. Like there's one functionality that Facebook doesn't have where you can basically attach um, a piece of music to your post, which I think is really great. Um, and I don't see the stuff that has been released through, for example, uh, with Dashco. Me being in Austria now, if I go in and I type Pueblo Vista, I only see the releases with uh, Cowgirl. I don't see anything that comes out with Dashco. However, if I go behind the VPN, uh, with you know Russia or Ukraine being the uh, my my gateway, then I see all of the releases are there, which I find a bit sad. But this has to do with uh, the deal that each distributor does, and maybe Dashco hasn't had like a pretty big deal with the VK or Yandex or whatever. But yeah, random rant. Well, <clears throat> oh well. Let's move on to our, our next topic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's go. No, uh, this, see, this is the, the thing. Um, it was last. It was the main fucking focus of last week. Of last week, yeah, NFTs. Stuff, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And apparently, that just made me the NFT guy. <laughs> and I, I fucking hate NFTs. <laughs> but yeah, I. It was earlier this week. Um, yeah. I, I actually woke up to a couple of people that had sent me dms like have you seen this shit and then yeah, yeah. it was in the uh Pueblo vista discord that a company called hit piece had decided to um hit piece yeah so i guess i should preface this with i've heard a lot of conflicting stories about the whole thing um yeah. it from the initial outlook it looked as if hit piece had basically used the spotify api to to scrape everyone's music and yeah. upload it to their platform and sell that music as NFTs. Yeah. I've then since heard that what they actually did was they used the Spotify API to populate their website. Yeah. To give yeah. you an, uh, an example of what it would look like if artists went on and sold their music through hit piece yeah. as an NFT. Yeah. Um, of course, the internet being the internet, as soon as people catch wind that something bad's going down they kind of jump on that main thing and you know myself included it, it took yeah. some messaging me being like oh actually i think this is the case so I, I you know i did kind of catch myself there uh, but yeah everyone kind of realized that their music was on available on this website for sale um there was no disclaimer or anything in that and on the website that said this is just a a test or whatever exactly so, exactly quite rightly everyone kind of jumped down um their throat it's it's one of those cases of old man from the music biz tries <laughs> to get into a new um yeah. you know a new trend that's happening right now and just does it absolutely fucking wrong um and that's 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 what happened this week um basically if you were on spotify your music was on was on hit piece um even exactly. though it was taken down by the time i got there um yeah yeah, it was, it was taken down like really fast. I mean, for me, I, I never like, I think I, I caught a whiff of it when I saw uh, Dipshit's post. I think it was in the, I think I saw it on Facebook, like he posted it on Facebook and then a bunch of his buddies like, because uh, his Dipshit is from Philippines, so I didn't really get what's, what was happening in the comments, yeah. to be honest. <laughs> Sorry. <I> was, <laughs> 
in my, in my brain i try to imitate um the language but it's not a good it's not a good path Let, let's not start <laughs> let's impression not, let's man. not go down there come yeah, on let's not go down that path <laughs> uh anyway so i think i called with her i was like what the fuck and then uh that thing like kind of like caught fire yeah. on, our, on our server uh and then as soon as i went in i i, I caught the website about i don't know maybe 10 15 minutes before it went down in the moment i saw that i had to put my credit card credentials i'm like this is not this is nothing to do with nft like it's there's no nft like when you have to pay with your credit card there's no crypto involved it's not nft like yeah. there's no blockchain there's no nothing um but it yeah like it was interesting the fact that um how they populated the catalog which i get it and this is how it could look like but again they should have made it they should made yeah. they should have made it more clear cuz i would be pissed off as well i mean i've i've seen some tweets like hey we already minted your catalog you can just buy it off. yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so i mean just to kind of explain what happened i've just realized i don't think you can use the spotify api to pull tracks or the music itself no so no. i think um just the list yeah the idea of them just adding the music onto yeah the, it, again because of how um i guess new nfts are and how there's a lot of misunderstanding about the whole thing um you know myself included has fallen into that um i'm not sure anyone really understood what they were doing or what they were trying to do um many assumed that they were selling their music many others said that oh no they're just selling a url to spotify as an nft because you know you can mint <laughs> fucking anything um and then you know there were others that really they did actually dig into it and there was um like hash codes or whatever the fuck it's called where you can trace the origins of um you like a transaction or a chain or whatever the fuck i don't again i don't understand it um okay. and someone said that none of these listings have any origins But, like the, the transactions that they're showing on the website and the transaction like string that comes with it doesn't go anywhere so there was that as well um there's just all sorts of stuff but um yeah yuri did you catch any of that when it was happening just i'll ask you a question while you're drinking yeah i've read i've read <laughs> some i've read some discussion in discord but i have no idea about nfts and how it works yeah. and uh, what it this, is and this makes you not really i'm not really interested yet in it don't uh, be all i know is right. i can take a screenshot of something and i can sell it yeah <laughs> that's all i know That's the one thing I noticed in all of the Twitter comments is that people had taken a screenshot of their apology and then minted that onto the blockchain. And <laughs> yeah, now you could buy the apology and everyone was like, "Oh, thank you." You can have it. Yeah, it's it's like an insane man. I don't know. <laughs> so this was this is kind of what what rocked the music world um last week. Yeah. And yeah, it's it just kind of again echoing what I was saying last week that there's just a lot of um unknown about nfts and how it can actually exist and clearly people can just take your music whether it's a link to your spotify page your you know your album art and just sell it i think i think people people done this even before nfts were a thing like, really dude i've been i've been fucking I've been <laughs> do you fucking... think people have been like forging artwork and stuff and trying to sell it as the real thing 
Do you think people have been forging music and they try to sell it as their own music? <laughs> no. <laughs> Are we going mini What? What are you talking about? I don't know. I think the past the past five years, I'm so fucking tired disputing content ideas from YouTube <laughs> <laughs> on or our own fucking releases. Like the last discussion that I had was was with Purple Cat because I've been I've been putting content ID on some specific music releases and most most of them actually in in a, in a, in an attempt to be able to protect at least the shit that we had from other randos out there like the stuff that the label releases from other randos like it was purple cats releases that i have in the past four years and she has released like i don't know three stuff three tracks with us yeah in the past four years that we've been having these releases i had to just for her uh for her music uh, I had to file at least 12 disputes because some dude, some fucking mumble rapper from South, <laughs> 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 like, oh, that's a great instrumental. <laughs> I, I might as well use it. And they put it out through, I don't know, CD Baby or some tune core or some shit. And of course, they're going to activate the content ID. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I guess that's like NFTs before NFTs were a thing. People were doing that kind of crap. <laughs> I had that literally the other day, like when I posted one of my reels of playing through one of my, like the mountain views that just released, someone yeah. commented on it and was like, yeah, I'm going to sing over there. Like, I'm going to rap over no, this. No, no, you're not. <laughs> and then I messaged and I was like, thanks for like, appreciate that you like the instrumental, but this is yeah. not available for you to do that. And he was like, oh, Fucking well, hell. could you make a me type beat then? And I'm like, I don't know who you are. <laughs> no. <laughs> Dude, the I think my the highlight of my disputing content ID career, um, except the what you know already from Universal last week, has <laughs> been also uh, almost ten days ago from Warner Music Russia, like some fucking random uh, Russian gangster rapper literally took sampled one of my originals. <laughs> <laughs> and they just released it and then it, I had this upload that has been sitting on my YouTube channel for I don't know like three years because that's that's how old the fucking joint is and then three years later you get a fucking content ID from Warner Music Russia <laughs> you're like what the fuck <laughs> Warner Music not even vetting their own releases yeah yeah and you're like <laughs> I mean we've seen how Universal does it so I'm not surprised <laughs> I think like the the only legit major label out there that I haven't seen any weird hiccups it's Sony, but I'm pretty sure there must be somewhere some artist somewhere in the world that has some some I don't know some tea to spill about Sony music. But I'm like, what the fuck, <laughs> really? But yeah, you know, I mean, we've, we've been we've been doing NFTs in music business long before NFTs were even. A thing. <laughs> yeah, but you're just equating <laughs> NFTs to people stealing. stealing. Shit. <laughs> yeah, because like it's the other guy. Like, what was it? Like, I think there was this dude that said, like, "Oh, why do I have to pay, you know, half a million euros to get one of these lazy apes?" I just fucking screenshot and puts it on the on the Twitter profile picture. Boom, that's that. So, my my favorite was someone that was. Uh, that had a bunch of bored apes and they were like oh send us the latest picture and your camera on and it was the picture of their, <laughs> <laughs> their bored ape that they, they got as their profile picture 
Oh my god! It's uh, I don't un- I don't get it, but yeah, it's definitely. I, I yeah. it was an interesting couple of days because I had yeah. people come into me on both sides of the fence. There are people that can see like the positives of it, and then there are people that like me that just think it's dumb. Um, and I get the positives behind it in a sense. Like someone said that it could help with copyright, and I'm like, yeah, but there's so much copyright protection for artists anyway that, that they don't get involved in like you know publishing rights and having a pro and things like that yeah, to, yeah, to you know yeah. claim those royalties yeah. um and then there's also um you know people saying that oh it's not that much of an environmental effect if we go with this specific <laughs> type of blockchain i'm like yes but how can you guarantee that there's going to be that type yeah. of but yeah it's 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 definitely a um crazy crazy minefield at the minute no it's it's definitely like crazy times that we live in and it's 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 not just the nfts i think part of the whole you know to tie what to tie the nfts <laughs> wildly with what we've been talking about all this time is the whole copywriting thing that's been yeah because it's like i think we're past the time where you just do music because it's fun sadly there's a lot of uh, and to tie it to, to what Yuri said in the beginning, there's a lot of people that like their streams, like their money. Yeah. They want to do stuff. That also includes, let's say, all these um, old school artists who, for example, you know, not, uh, talking about uh, since he's in the news, uh, Neil Young, you know, yeah. taking down his music from Spotify because of the Joe Rogan controversy and Joe Rogan spreading all these fucking lies and blah, 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 about COVID. Whatever. I mean, I personally think that's a fucking joke. But, you know, Neil Young, you want to be yourself, man, and you want to, you know, kill off half half of your fucking income because this is your job. Like, take it from me. I have a, st- I have a nine to five. I'm good. If that shit, you know, the music stuff blows over, over tonight, I wouldn't care that much maybe i will cry in a corner for, for a week but then other than that you know i will i will i will survive but you know you see all these guys like pulling off their music and and um or or what you said before like he started sampling jazz stuff and if one of your tracks you know would blow up that had a uncleared sample then the estate of that jazz musician will definitely fucking sue you or like for damages or ask for for cuts or so i don't know it could be like all rainbows and 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 rainbow farts and oh it's amazing and we're making music and it's so cool and blah blah but at the end of the day the nitty-gritty stuff is that you know it boils down to the whole copywriting and 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 claims and this and that so i think that's also and i think this was part of the article as well to go back to that that Part of the reason why releasing boom bop or funk or this classic sampled or, or sound is not is not a thing anymore. You could say that maybe this you know accelerated the quote unquote, and I'm going to use our quotes here of the gentrification or not. But sadly, it's something that we especially we as labels also have to and, and artists have to like take into consideration whether we like it or not yeah. what are your thoughts <laughs> yeah uh, but uh, like uh, many many big artists in lo-fi they are using jazz and oh. i recognize I, I, I like i love jazz 
like original and uh, you know flow feels yep he sampled marvin gaye so many times i can recognize i know i know i know i i don't see i don't see marvin gaye in song credits and it seems that he have a millions of streams but it seems that yeah. they didn't claim yeah yeah so. it seems it seems they got away like yeah most of these big guys even how should i say let's just say let's go back uh, i would say even further before flow feels uh, idealism you know idealism being one of the let's say ogs of the whole thing and even philanthrope for example like they really sampled the living shit out of whatever or one what one two or our 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 favorite robot of lo-fi swoom <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's yeah they sample shit lots of, of of stuff and um yeah which which also shows that uh to add to what yuri says that they nobody from the marvin gay estate ever claimed anything but they so that they heard about it i mean have they what? i don't know i think marvin gave was or let's say one of the producers of marvin gave was more uh more occupied with fucking ed sheeran sampling yeah. the melody <laughs> rather than fucking flow feels stealing like a sample apparently because maybe ed sheeran has more money to give who knows but um yeah so then this, yeah, this kind of falls right. into that whole um like clusterfuck that is the term interpolation which is taking something that yeah. sounds like you know, you say like that Marvin Gaye sample, kind yeah. of taking the melody, changing the instrument, but still using the melody. Like, yeah, there's a lot of that shit that goes on in oh. the music biz, and there's so many arguments about it. Like one of the latest ones was, um, you know, Olivia Rodrigo. She did the "Good for You" song, and everyone mm -hmm. was like, "Oh, this sounds like Misery Business" by Paramore. It, it kind of did, yeah. but I don't think so. But Paramore decided to then say, hey, we want writing credits. And to save any drama, um, Olivia Rodrigo and her team just decided to give Paramore writing credits for it. Yeah, and now they're so getting a cut of this track. They can but get again, like a cut of the publishing. Yeah, yeah. But again, because that blew up to, you know, Olivia Rodrigo's album and all of the tracks that she did, um, to promote that album, they went. Everyone was singing them. You know, there's even one of the songs in Fortnite for fuck's sake. So, yeah. You know, compare. That's how I think you you will get fucked if you're on that kind of level. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know. No, in that in that kind of level, you can definitely get fucked. And I think you know this as well. Um, you know, my experience with Universal, basically, and the remixes that we did. I mean, I don't know if uh, Yuri's definitely not aware of that, but it's the the remixes that we did, for example, for the Bossa Nova stuff or a couple of more that we did for uh, I did one personally for um, one of the artists you know, Universal Music New Zealand um, you don't get writing credits like most of these deals are basically meant to be like one-offs so you would get like a lump sum of money technically what um, Atlantic Chill is doing right now uh, you will get like a lump sum of money and then that's it like you don't even appear on the writing credits about it like your name would appear on the performers but there's nothing there and my approach was always like i don't mind not getting uh royalties the performance royalties because th these are out of the window but at least uh keep me in in in, in the writing part because like a remix sure there's an original sample 
or the stems that you give me, but then the rest of the fucking music is written by me. So I am writing the music. I am composing it. It's not just like that. It's yeah. So there's definitely like, but that that plays more into the whole sense of like there's there's a fundamental issue when it comes to the majors and how they they deal with that stuff. Um, but yeah, I guess it would depend. I guess in the the amount of money you get. If it's like a thousand bucks, then you're like yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll bug the I'll bug them for the publishing stuff, but if you get like thirty grand, you're like ah fuck that shit, like whatever, man. Uh, I mean, I know you're for, for a fact that you you know the example that I was given to like uh, you that's that's cool for you to know and everybody else out there. When when we did this um, first remix um, for a US band, a Canadian band, and I had this argument with Universal, um, uh, one of their ARs thought that it was like very intelligent to tell me that when Cayetranada, no, am I, am I saying this right? Cayetranada? Anyway. Uh, he, when he remixed Katy Perry, he was, he didn't ask mm-hmm. for, uh, for, you know, um, perfor- uh, composer rights. Um, and it's like, he pointed and said, if you go to their Spotify, you'll see that this, his, his name is not mentioned in the, in the, composer field and I was like when you're gonna get me that 50 grand deal remixing Katy Perry I'll shut the fuck up until you do that <laughs> until you do that I'd like to be on the perform on the on the composers but yeah oh well anyway yeah I think I think we covered everything more or less right like this has been like a like a good uh, discussion I mean, Yuri is definitely like a great listener. That guy, like, <laughs> <laughs> that guy is like, he's, he must be like the perfect boyfriend. You know what I mean? Like, he yeah, just talks a lot of shit. Listens, yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. You gotta, you gotta keep it, you know, play it safe a little bit. Don't get it, don't get down with the cunts. Yeah, I, I've, I've realized oh. over the past, like, couple of months of, like, you know, really being close with you that you, you surround just you've surrounded yourself with dr- drama. Yes. I lost. Yes, yes. I'm, I'm so toxic. I'm so toxic. <laughs> like telling me about something that happened in like 2016. I'm like, the fuck? You've been stirring shit for years. Dude, yeah. But now I got my 15 minutes of fame, man. I got my 15 minutes of fame right now. So I'm cashing in. No, I'm just uh, I'm just definitely happy we didn't touch on the dust collectors uh, thing. Because I think that's, that's been... I, I think that, that horse has been beaten for a long time. Forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. I, what, what I didn't know and what I read in the, the interview is that, that when Radicule started talking to, to them, that um, that first owner, the younger owner, he was only 15 back then. I was like, fuck. I thought he was like at least 17. I didn't realize he was like that young. Because so, that also made me remember the discussions that I had with him. I was like, wait a minute. So that means when I was talking to him, he was 15 back then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Oh, well. Fun times. Fun times. Um, yeah, maybe Yuriki, you can look up on the Dust Collector drama at some point. It's all over Twitter. Um, yeah, maybe I have no idea what happened there. Uh, and I have we, no Twitter. Should, so. should, we, should, we, should we TLDR it for him? I mean, too long don't read... Yeah. Uh, just... In America, George Floyd got murdered. Everyone was protesting about it. Dust Collectors was like, how can we profit on this? No, that's me being a really... Uh, too... yeah, so yeah. the guy, the young guy behind it was like, oh, yeah, let's do a uh, a compilation 
in support of it which was kind of like okay but a little bit tone deaf because everyone was kind of like no you're making money from this yeah then he kind of doubled down and was like oh all of these people that are talking shit should put the money where their mouth is and do a donation and then he shared a screenshot of a donation which was very quickly rumbled as a photoshopped donation to the uh, <laughs> Minnesota <laughs> Foundation Fund to which everyone yeah, picked yeah. up very quickly and yeah. they kind of went to shit um, from there everyone kind of pulled all of their stuff from the catalogue and well a lot yeah. a, a, a huge big majority of things did they went quiet they came back and apologized they brought this uh, boy yeah. into a and r um which you know depending on whether you think that was a good move or not <laughs> yeah well i don't know uh i mean boing boyd boing boyd being a poc uh definitely was a good move from that point but then the other thing that happened as well is like when they were basically collecting tracks because they more or less like um he more or less managed to collect the tracks for that compilation and um let's just say the compilation wasn't as diverse as it should be no. like so, so so yeah that was like funny to begin with like uh, uh a black a black person gets murdered by police in the states and then you do a compilation that's featuring like all the top white guys <laughs> in the lo- in the lo-fi genre it's like what like what is this like fucking save the world <laughs> like <laughs> i don't know but yeah it was definitely like very toned then it was like um yeah he was to add to what it's uh, been said is that uh a week before uh, before the shit went down he was basically um through their official twitter account he was uh donation shaming other labels yeah like he was saying oh we cannot be the only label that discusses about it and what basically rubbed me and a lot of other labels and producers the wrong way was the fact that even though he, they were a team and he is a younger person was surrounded by much more mature and experienced people um nobody checked him Like right. they just they just let them do his thing and then as soon as the shit went down everybody was like oh we had no idea and this is kind of like rubbing <clears throat> in the wrong way for with everyone of them and especially when there's like there was like a couple of producers that worked for them as A&R or whatever and i was like dude i mean come on uh, oh, it's well. it's now oh, though I... gotten to a point where um that that happened what a year and a half ago now two years ago and unfortunately people such as yourself jury haven't they don't know about it and i've seen a lot of people that that i've i liked that have gone with them because they just didn't know because of just yeah. how how this <laughs> this community just moves on like everyone gets angry <laughs> and then just moves on exactly exactly it's impossible to get cancelled more or less like i think you have to do something really really nasty but it was like super weird because yeah well i mean it it's it's it could have been they could have been like really game changers um but um, they were getting yeah that. yeah definitely 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 but uh oh well you know shit happens tough luck tough titties what is it what tit what what titties up or oh, no what is what's the expression up the titties no <laughs> i'm just up tits up it went tits up tits up it went tits up tough titties so, is also a thing yeah 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 <laughs> love that
I love you trying to fucking spit out British idioms. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying, man. I'm trying. I'm, I'm culture vulturing here, you know? I mean, you British people don't really have any culture other than Stonehenge. And even that, you don't know what the fuck it is. Right? You if I <laughs> we spend hundreds of years going around the world stealing spices and shit. And now all of our True. food is just bland as fuck. Now all, of your all food is, now all of your food is fucking curry all the time. And that's not even yours. Exactly. <laughs> I love British people. Oh, I, I hate British people. <laughs> fuck your life. Bing bong. Okay, so I don't know. Let's not make it less weird. I think Yuri is really having a good time. You can it's, tell it's that from his such a great expression time. this way. <laughs> 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 oh, no, it was definitely, good. you know, to be the first actual guest on the podcast. It was. Uh, yeah, yeah, I can, I can. It was a brave choice. <laughs> it was, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's on a Lucky Thirteen podcast. So. Yeah, I mean, thankfully, it didn't go tits up. <laughs> <laughs> fuck's sake <laughs> yeah, well I can do that okay still. okay okay now it's like no titties on the camera please it's fine, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. oh no oh no here this we are bad really fast there we go anyway so on uh, on that note having said that uh, thank you Yuri for uh, your input I know it was a little bit limited but definitely big balls big peepee energy to join us um Thank you, guys. Um, nah, it's, it's a pleasure. Maybe next time we'll do a proper interview. Not. No. <laughs> I was going to say this at the beginning, but I didn't know how it would go down. But, like, we don't care. No, we don't care. No, no, no. no we're going to switch it up. Uh, thanks to everybody who's listening. <coughs> That's great. Uh, the episode is definitely going to be up by tomorrow. The audio stuff. The video How's stuff. How's the video? Ah, that's Have we even got working. nine up yet? It's not really working for me. It's not really working for me. I think I, we got we got two in the chamber, and that's going to be number three. So I'm hoping I can put them up at some point. I want to put up one today, okay? But I don't want to interrupt my regular YouTube yeah, uploading schedule. So let's not um, discuss business at the end of the podcast like <laughs> we do every time. Why not? Okay, tits up, guys. Bing bong. Fuck your life. <laughs> very good. Very nice. <laughs> very good. Very nice. And I'll see you soon. <laughs> Bye. Ciao, ciao. <laughs>